Hi, this is Anna with Check It at the Roundtable. Just so you know, you can support this podcast as well as related podcasts, What the BL, and YouTube channels, The Hand Network, and The Asian Drama Club by going to our website, thelittlegreenhouseonthecorner.com backslash support, where we have both PayPal donation buttons as well as the affiliate link for Grove Collaborative. Also, if you want to donate directly via PayPal, you can donate to rosesoutofthesnow at gmail.com. Thanks for your support. And without further ado, here's today's podcast. Hi, this is Anna, and this is Check It at the Round Table, where we discuss movies, books, music, and stuff. Today, peeps, we are discussing long pause. The epilogue of I Do Beloved in-house. So, what did we think of this episode? This episode was really, really good, peeps. I mean, I've been looking at the reviews of I Do Beloved in-house overall, and I'm going to leave a podcast on the whole series. I am, okay? But I'm just saying, this was really... It's like a grace note. In music, you have these little notes that go at the top that are like an accent that don't have to be there, but make it oh so nice. And this is the grace note of the series. This is basically a way of looking back on the last few episodes where Anna was about to throw the, um, the, the drama out with the dishwater on a couple of them because I was like, you know, I really like this story, but I just cannot handle how horrid um, Lisa Tong is. I mean, no offense. It's like it, he just really does seem like a horrid individual. But, you know, this episode, it did not eradicate his behavior entirely. I'll be the first to admit. But you got to see why his actions were the way they were. And I don't mean it weird, but for Anna, it's like, you know, forget the action itself. The motivation behind it is what is really, really important. Although actions, don't get me wrong, are uber important too. I think a lot of times, if we know the reason behind something, it makes it a lot better to process. But in this episode, you basically open up with, um, for some reason... Jin Yuzin has come home late and he was stopped by the man who hired him to make the Labradite pin earlier, the rose, the fragrance of B629, I think is what it was called. But anyway, and he stops him and gives him a zip drive and he says, "What? what's this? And he said, well, this is after sales service for you. He said, this is from Lisa Tong and he wanted you to have this. And so... Jin Yuzin then goes home, and I don't know, but the guy who plays um, Shi Li is absolutely adorable. And I don't mean that in a, oh, he's attractive kind of way. I mean that in he's just kind of like a little kid meets a fox, as they say in this movie. I mean, he really is like a fox because he is completely sprawled out on the sofa, and he's just completely resting and at peace waiting for Jin Yuzin to come home. And I think going, that is so, that is so adorable. But anyway, Jin Yu Zin comes home. He um, 
Ben gets himself around for the evening because I guess in Asia, I don't know, I think it's kind of traditional, I don't know for sure, but in most of the dramas, they tend to get out of their work clothes and be in more comfortable, what we would call like loungewear clothes. And so um, Jin Yuzin has come home, changed into his loungewear clothes, goes over and checks on Shili, who is fast asleep, um, covers him with his sweater because he thinks he might be a little cold, um, gives him a pat and a kiss, and then goes and checks out the zip drive. Well, the zip drive is basically a compilation of Lee Zetong took a lot of video footage when he and Jin Yuzin were together. And Basically, in the zip drive, Lisa Tong says, you know, what happened between us was not ideal. And the thing that I realized is that if I didn't go back and try to rectify some of the damage that, yes, I was responsible for, it would not be good. But I want you to realize that even though we broke up, even though I did go to America, and, you know, I think this is a very good look at what happens to relationships in crisis because Lisa Tong, he gets a call from his uncle that he has this opportunity to intern in America on a weekend. He doesn't tell Jin Yuzin until like a week before a decision has to be made. And Lisa Tong has already decided he's going to America. So the only option for Jin Yuzin is either he goes to America with Lisa Tong or he doesn't go to America with Lisa Tong. It's not an option where they can sit down as a couple and say, are we both going to go to America or are we both going to stay here? And I think in a way that's probably the thing that really made their relationship crumble because I'm sitting there as a viewer going, I don't know, maybe it's just because I, I really don't know. But anyway, um, I'm sitting there as a viewer going, you know, I think the main point of what went wrong in their relationship is the fact that Lisa Tong was just determined he was going to do X. And, you know, I totally get that in some ways because in my own life, there are certain things that I'm going to do. If I had a partner, they would need to know that I'm going to do X. And they would know this way before we became a partner because I wouldn't want something like this to arise in the relationship. I'm just saying. But I think once you are in a relationship to do something like this to the other party, is really kind of unconscionable. It happens all the time. I totally get that. But to sit there and go, I'm going to America. You can either stay here or come with me. There is no other options. And I'm going, you know, there is always a third way. And I love how Jin Yuzin in this episode, when you see the flashbacks, you really get to see a side of him that, yes, he can be absolutely petulant at times. I mean, totally, absolutely. But you also get to see how very vulnerable Jin Yuzin is as a person. Because he's sitting there getting the news that the person that he cares about is leaving and going half the world away. Actually, more than half the world away. And he's going, isn't there a third way? Do we have to go all the way to America? Couldn't we do something closer? And you can see that he's sitting there going, I'm either going to lose everything that I've ever known as a place, as a people, as a language and go to somewhere I'm completely familiar with, with the person I care about, or I'm going to lose the person I care about. And he's completely 
conflicted. And I really think when Jin Yuzin gets conflicted, he completely freezes. It's really like he makes a decision, but his decision is made from indecision. And you kind of see that in this episode, because as the story progresses, you get to see Jin Yuzin completely throws a fit. He throws all his precious stones on the floor, um, basically tries to um, just convince Li Zutong that he should not go, which doesn't work at all. And, you know, that's a very hard scene because you get to see Jin Yuzin in a extremely emotional and tantrum mode. But you also get to see, I think, what really went wrong. Because I'm going, you know, I think if people don't shut one another out, if they're willing to listen to the other side, even if they eventually decide they're not going to, I mean, this whole thing, I think I was sitting there going, you know, this is why he ended up with Shi Li. And I don't mean that way, but I'm going, if this situation happened with him and Shi Li, I really think what would happen is Shi Li would come back the moment that he found out that they could maybe go to America and he'd go, Jin Yuzin, I have this opportunity, but I am not agreeing to this opportunity until we discuss it in detail and we decide, are we going to do this as a couple? Because this um, does involve you somewhat. Because I don't mean it weird, but that is really what I think makes Shili and him a good couple is once they do become a couple, I think it's kind of like in We Best Love they are so open with each other that even if they come against something that might disrupt their relationship, they're going to tell one another about it. Now, I know in We Best Love, some would sit there and go, well, um, in We Best Love, Gao Shidi didn't tell Zhao Shui why he didn't talk to him for five years. That is entirely true. I will completely concur. But that was because he promised Zhao Shui's dad he wouldn't talk to him for five years, which was like the most stupid decision of Gao Shidi's entire life, which I could go into an epic digression on, but I'm not going there today, peeps. But my case in point is, in almost every situation, I really like the openness of Shili and Sinuzin. I think it's what makes them as a couple really cool. But you get to see what fell apart in the relationship with Eastone and Real, as they call themselves in the story. You then also get to see how Real, when he comes back, he finds out that Jin Yuzin was hurt. He didn't know for quite a while. He also finds out that Jin Yuzin, after seven years, is still not with anyone and kind of making life really difficult for people in his company because of what happened to him. And Jin Yuzin looks at this and goes, this is because of what I did to Jin Yuzin. Now, I might have had every reason in the world for what I did career-wise, and I might not regret my decision for where it's led me personally. But if I let this go, this is going to cost a lot. So what I need to do as a person is I need to go find Jin Yuzin, and I need to figure out who's going to help him pull himself out of this. I know it's not going to be me because that situation is not feasible. There's too much time that's passed in our relationship. I've moved on with someone else who's obviously quite um, interesting. (laughs) But anyway, so um, 
you know, he's like, that's not going to work for me and Jin Yuzin, but what can I do to make this so that it works for him and someone else? And I love how in this epilogue, you get to see how when you think that Eastone has come to cause great disturbance in the force, as we would say, he actually came because he's like, I know there's someone in Jin Yuzin's life who likes Jin Yuzin because Jin Yuzin is very likable. But I also know that Jin Yuzin probably isn't going to tell that person that he likes him or move forward with that relationship unless someone else helps instigate this. So he's like, I came to the shop to find out who Jin Yuzin liked. I didn't know who it would be, but then I met him in Shili and I was like, that's the one. And I love how in the previous episodes, how you think that when they're having drinks, Shili is finding out that Easton wants to be with him, be with Jin Yuzin, you actually find out that the reason that Jin Yu, or Easton took Shili out to drinks was because he wanted to talk to Shili about how do we get you and Jin Yuzin together? Because you're the one who's going to be a really good fit for Jin Yuzin. You like Jin Yuzin. I know Jin Yuzin doesn't really want to tell you that he likes you, but we're going to take care of this. And I love that um, he's like, that's his modus operandi. Now, I really wish, to be quite honest, the Easton was the kind of person that really would just come into the shop, tell Jin Yuzin, I am so sorry I screwed up your life to the point that you have shut people out for seven years. And I really don't think you should do that because, you know, life is good. You don't need to shut people out for seven years. But again, Easton's not that kind of person. He's more, he's kind of like the maverick of good guys. He's the one that you don't think is going to be a good guy, but actually turns out being maybe not a good guy, but less despicable than you thought. And, you know, I had to retract quite a bit of my clause of judgment on this deal. Although I will still say in the end, I think the way that he handled things seven years before was very, very unfair to Ginny Zinn. I mean, there's no way around that. There's no excuse good enough. I mean, from telling Jin Yuzin that you only have the option of leaving everything behind and coming with me because I'm not willing to give up anything for you. I mean, that put Jin Yuzin in such a hard place. I mean, I don't know many people that would have been in their early 20s that could have made that decision and made it well. I think most people would have frozen and done exactly like Jin Yuzin did. I mean, it doesn't really matter your temperament, or they would have thrown up their hands and gone with um, Eastone, but also maybe missed out on what life had for them where they were. And so it's one of those things that I'm like, I still really loathe Eastone because of that. It's just not going to go away. And also, I really did not like the scene with the, what I call, um, what do I say, Genuzen's temper tantrum. Because that scene was very difficult in many ways because, well, I'm not really for temper tantrums ever. So that's a huge caveat. I mean, when people throw temper tantrums, I'm like, I've only been around a few people that did that. And I want to run from the room. But also... I'm not committed to them in a relationship, so I don't mean it weird. It's like, um, ain't my party, ain't my rodeo. You can handle this on your own, buckle. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But 
it, I think it's part of the Midwest that happened and the fact that I'm a bit of a high-functioning autistic. I just don't handle temper tantrums well. It doesn't matter if they're three or 50. It, it just doesn't change. But I do think in this situation, that was one of the hardest scenes for me to watch because I hated how E-Stone reacted to the temper tantrum even more than the temper tantrum itself. And the reason is, is because I'm going, you know, at the end of the day, E-Stone could have patted Jenny's and said, you know, I know you're madder than hell about this. I know that I'm going away and that totally freaks you out, but I still care. I mean, would it have really cost E-Stone anything at the end of the day to pat Jenny's in as he's sitting there in a ball crying on top of him and go, I know you're really sad. I know this hurts. I want you to realize that I do get that. That would have made all the difference, I think. And, you know, in many ways, I'm going, that would have, I think, maybe saved the relationship. Now, it wouldn't have kept Eastone from leaving. It wouldn't have kept Jin Yuzin from staying. But it would have let Jin Yuzin know that Eastone cared about what he was going through. Because as it was, it was really all about Eastone. And he wasn't really thinking about genius in it all. And I think that's the part of this episode that was the most sad. Because, you know, in my own life, I have lost a few people, not in a romantic relationship, but it's it's been a rocky road. I'm just saying it hasn't been easy. I lost my folks. I lost, you know, other people. And it was like, um, it's just tricky sometimes. And I think the thing is, is... Like it's it's not really different whether you lose people to death or to what would I say disagreements. I mean, no offense. It's like in this we lose people to disagreements and other things. You know, you naturally lose people to death, and it just happens sometimes. And you're going, uh. but you know, you don't know when the last time you're going to see someone is. And do you really want the last time you see someone to be the time when you didn't give that extra hug? when you didn't say goodbye in the way that maybe you wanted to. And I think this was really hard for me personally, because I was like, ah, if Easton would have just sat there and go, I get where you're coming from. I mean, I totally get the temper tantrum. I mean, that was not acceptable. But I'm still saying at the end of the day, when Jin Yuzin is sitting there, crawled up on a ball on top of him going, please don't go. If he could have just said, you know, um, I get where you're coming from, and I still care about you. I mean, that would have made the world of difference, I think, to Jin Yuzin. But anyway, Eastone didn't do that, and I didn't mean to go into a lengthy diatribe on why I hated that scene, but it was really hard for me to watch that one. It was like, can't you at least give him a pat on the shoulder? I mean, I don't know. I do that to random strangers I meet who are having trouble. It's like, you know, you're having a hard day. Here's a pat on the shoulder. Here's a cup of a warm, hot beverage. That's, that's my Sheldon moment. It's like, I'm good with that. I can do that for people. Even if they're random strangers, it's like, you know, you don't know what they're going through. But anyway, I'm going to calm down now. Um, have a bit of my tea. Um, okay, moving on in a much more placid tone. The end of this episode. I really liked the end of this episode. I loved how Jin Yuzin finished up watching and listening to E Stone's video. 
And the next thing you see is Shili has gotten up and he is reading a text that he just got from Eastone that says, Real Shili, I want you guys to have a wonderful life. Please have a good life together. And Shili's just looking at, and it reminds me of, there is a chapter in Proverbs, I think. I don't, I'm not really... I used to read the Bible very, very often, and I, I still read the Bible on occasion, but not as often as I used to. But there is a chapter in Proverbs, and whether you are a Christian or not, it is a really cool chapter, I'm just saying. But it is Proverbs 31, and I love there's one verse in it that says, she laughs at the days to come. And Bob once made me a picture that I have above my door, actually, that says she laughs, just that part. And I think that reminded me of this scene with Shili because he's looking at the text going, yeah, we're going to have a good life. And I love how he's like, he's so sure of himself. He's so sure of their relationship. And it's at this point that Jin Yuzin comes over and grabs him from behind and goes, I got you. What are you planning? Are you planning to trick me again with Eastone like you did last time and almost give me a heart attack? And, and Shili's like, um, no, we might just do a little trick, but no, we're not going to trick you again. And it's at this point that um, Jin Yuzin comes on the sofa and he goes, I, I have a heart condition because I was in that accident. You know, I've been in the hospital before. You'll give me an arrhythmia. Do you feel my heart here? It's, it's not safe. And he's just completely throwing that puppy dog face and the completely over the top expressions. And she's like, yes, you, you have a heart condition. Um, mm -hmm. And he's like, I, I need first aid, Shili. And so Shili gives him a small um, kiss. And he's like, um, I, I need more first aid than that, Shili. But I love this last scene, not because it's romantical. Honestly, that's not it at all. I think it really encapsulates one of the reasons that Anna prefers BLs to other types of dramas, because there is such an understanding between these two characters of Shi Li and Jin Yu Zin. And it's so fun to watch how they can comfortably play with one another. And there's really no guards in their relationship. And I think that's one of the things that made this episode so nice. I also really liked the end credits. I'm just going to give a huge shout out. I loved the little figures of the two of them that they had sketched and animated. That was absolutely hilarious. And I also really liked how they included pictures from when they were on the set. That was wonderful as well. I was watching actually a, um, uh, what would you call it? A podcast i don't know they had put on youtube i'm sorry i'm fighting major allergies today i am trying to do this but it's like i've had my inhaler i've had my herbal tea that's supposed to help with this sort of thing and it's still congested okay i'm going to try to talk normally but we're going to see how well this works but anyway there was a pod uh i don't know a radio interview that they had filmed I don't know, that sounds really weird, peeps, but it really was a radio interview that they had filmed, and I will try to find it and drop it in the description. But I really liked it between Hank Wang and um, Aaron Lai. These two actors did a fabulous job in this series. I just want to give them a huge shout out. And they're really good actors. I don't know 
Taiwan has some amazing actors. I mean, I could go off on a major digression on this. And it is not because of their appearance. It is because they really are a cut above in their acting. I mean, they really can act a lot better than other actors I've seen in my life. But anyway, I love the interview that they did with Hank Wang and Aaron Lai about this series. Because in it, um, I don't know. I think it was Aaron Lai. He said, you know, I have to tell Hank that he cannot smile in front of people who he cannot trust because he is just too adorable. And <laughs> He literally takes his hand and covers Hank's face. And Hank's like, I'm trying to breathe here, Aaron. We're doing an interview. Do you have to cover my face? Because I smile too adorably. And I don't mean weird, but Hank Wang really does smile too adorably. I mean, he sits there and you're going, he is the little fox. I don't know how else to explain it. It's just like, you can see him at three and it's absolutely wonderful, but also you're going, he could so get hurt by smiling that much. I, I totally get that with Aaron Lai. I'm like, you know, I'd probably be there if I'm on the set going, I'm sorry, I'm a din mom. Cover your face. You're too adorable. I don't know. It's just, yeah, you could get hurt, kid. But anyway, I don't know. It's the din mom slash older Nuna in me. It's like, I don't know. I want to protect people that smile too much. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, I really liked that interview between the two. And plus, you got to see how they were in real life. And I love when actors can get along in real life. And they do seem to get along really well as friends on the set which I think was very nice. Also, there is a hilarious scene in that same interview where Aaron Lai says, you know, my character doesn't have any accessories, although he is a jewelry maker, but um, I think he gets a very large one that he tends to drag around with him by the end of the episodes. <laughs> and he's like pointing to head going, yep, Chili, I think will be the biggest accessory in Jin Yuzin's life that he probably will not be willing to, you know, ever um, remove from his vision. But anyway, I really like that interview and I will try to drop it in the description if I can find it. But yes, I would give this episode an absolute 10, mainly because it helps kind of explain some of the gaps that were in the previous episodes that made me want to just throw up my hands and go, Ugh. but this is actually on Vicky Rukaton. You can watch it free of charge or you can pay for a premium membership. I pay for the membership because I watch so much at Vicky Rukaton that I figure I need to support my habits and make sure that they stay online. And I'm not saying my subscription helps does it, but every little bit counts. So anyway, but you can watch it free of charge on Vicky Rukaton. It is also supposedly available on WeTV Tencent Video. I haven't been able to get it to work there, just saying, but WeTV and me are having a little bit of a problem. I haven't been able to watch We Best Love for over a week now because it won't load properly and I'm getting aggravated. But I will try to stay calm and just watch my We Best Love music videos to gain inner peace while I wait for this to finally load. I don't know. Sometimes they have trouble on WeTV, but that is a major digression. But overall, this is an absolutely wonderful episode. You should definitely check it out. It is pretty short. It's like 22 minutes or 20 some minutes it's not very long i am really hoping they make a season two of this series but i don't know if they will or not but i do hope to see hank wang and aaron lyon other productions um whether they're bl or whether they're just regular dramas i don't care they're just great actors i hope to see them again and um i would give this series overall an absolute 
I would say 10, even though it does have what people are terming spicy scenes in episode 12, which I'm sure some people on this podcast are going to go out and rush and watch it now because they said that. But um, I really didn't. I mean, I'm they were a little. Yeah, but I'm going those two characters would totally have been having a romantical moment. Now, I would prefer to have them not have it on screen personally, but I totally get that that made sense in the storyline. And I don't think it was worthy of the R rating it got either, but we could have a major digression in VintFest on that too, and how I feel about how Vicky rates BL dramas. But I'm going to retract my clause, have my tea, and totally recommend you check out the series. It is absolutely awesome check it at the round table. Bye. Hi, this is Anna with Check It at the Round Table. Just so you know, you can support this podcast as well as related podcasts, What the BL, and YouTube channels, The Hand Network, and The Asian Drama Club by going to our website, thelittlegreenhouseonthecorner.com backslash support, where we have both PayPal donation buttons as well as the affiliate link for Grove Collaborative. Also, if you want to donate directly via PayPal, you can donate to rosesoutofthesnow at gmail.com. Thanks for your support. And without further ado, here's today's podcast.